Welcome to Passion Fruits, a passion project for passionate people. I'm your Tangelo, Daniel. And I am your black current boy, Adam. <laughs> You've said that one before. I know um, I have, but it's such a good one. It's a great one, Adam. Sorry, I should not uh, make fun of your fruit choices. Yes, um, please. We are, we are uh, an all-inclusive fruit family here. Thank exactly. Yes, yes. Uh, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yes, that's over there across the pond from me is Adam. <laughs> and I'm on the other side of the pond. I'm Daniel. <laughs> which which uh, side of the pond are you on, Daniel? Do you talk like you're from London? <laughs> no, I'm on the west side, best side. <laughs> west side, best side? Yeah, oh, you man. know it. But what do we do on this uh, podcast, Adam, besides give great uh, jokes and accents? I thought that's all we did on this podcast. Pretty much. That's why, people, that's why our billions of listeners tune in. Why they only listen. Amazing, yes, our amazing jokes. It's like one long stand-up comedy set. Exactly. That's gone, that's gone for two years. It's the <laughs> song that long. never ends. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even mention in our last uh, couple of last episodes, I think the episode with Mark and Ray, that it was our two-year anniversary on March 1st. Oh, man. And we celebrated, celebrated it the only way we did, <laughs> only way we could. By podcasting? By not mentioning it. Yeah. Well, we I need mean, to talk. Oh, go I ahead. wanted to mention it. I wanted to mention it, but you didn't get me anything. I thought it was real awkward. So you, know. <laughs> you kept being like, "Oh, March first, a special day, maybe." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't read the uh, love note you had sent me earlier. <laughs> yeah, let's get into it, Adam. What do we do on this podcast? Well, Who are with this yes. podcast? We talk to we talk about with amongst ourselves in a little in a little group and with mm. our guests about things that we are passionate about and more specifically what takes someone from being a kind of casual fan of that thing to being a passionate fanatic about that thing and i think exactly. that is uh, uh our subject matter has been informed by the fact that both of us have probably too many hobbies mm. <laughs> um, but we've yeah. also had the great pleasure of talking to other friends about you know, artwork to video game design to music that they mm. that they either play or, or enjoy, and you know anything and everything in between. Mm. Yeah, yeah. We we try and cover the entire breadth of human existence here exactly. on Passion Fruits, which is why we are so popular. Because I hear the best thing to do when it comes to the entertainment industry is to try and up, uh, address every single target market. <laughs> yes. Be very general. Yes. <laughs> I prefer to be very kernel, but that's just me. <laughs> oh, okay. Private Daniel. Lol. Um, <laughs> well, so Adam, as maybe the listeners could tell, this is our first time that uh, in a while that we're, it's just you and me, buddy. I know. You, me, and Jesus <laughs> driving this oh. car today. Wow. <laughs> Look in the back seat. He's got a bong full of Maui Wowie and a <laughs> rucksack full of pornos. <laughs> this is going to be a Joe, good time. 
Oh man, <laughs> jokes on you! Formula One cars don't have back seats, Daniel. Oh well, that's a uh, exactly. great. It's almost like you're trying to move this podcast forward uh, before I, never, I can I never do that. <laughs> before I can talk more about what Jesus may have in his rucksack, but <laughs> yeah, let's, um, let's just kind of <laughs> knock off as many of those target audiences as possible condoms. in the first five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> he's got condoms in there, Magnum, Magnum condoms, because <laughs> okay. you know he can All just right. make it bigger we've, himself. We've devolved. <laughs> he just points at it. <laughs> I don't we've like what's going on down to season, to, we've devolved back to episode three season one daniel <laughs> and let's not let's not let that happen it's because we don't have any guests on I know we you don't have to don't introduce have, anybody else you don't have to behave yourself yes <laughs> oh no i should have lined up another guest for this one <laughs> yeah seriously <laughs> no nobody likes f1 so JK, let's get into it, Adam. What are we? I, I wish you would quit interrupting and farting around, but what are we talking about today? We are talking about Formula One, otherwise Formula known as. N. Yeah. Ooh, Formula <laughs> ooh. Formula also, also known as F1. Oh. Uh, or, or if when, se- when spelled out, Formula with the digit one. So, oh yes, yeah, thank you. A little bit of everything. Yes, um, clearly, a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just like Dawes. Dawes. <laughs> oh, a little bit of everything. It's the biscuits and the beans. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> um, do you? Let's hop, let's hop into what Formula One is for all those. Yes, please. Un, uninformed. Uh, about Formula One. So, Formula well, especially One. because we were talking about across the pond, this is definitely way more popular across the way, not on, not in our motherland. Um, Correct. Where we do a little more NASCAR than anything. And yep. you and me being in NASCAR country. In we, the United uh, States of America, our <laughs> cars only turn left, even <laughs> though we only vote right. <laughs> oh boy that's a bumper sticker right is that a bumper sticker you have on your subaru <laughs> uh sure <laughs> i feel like i just stumbled upon a fantastic money-making venture seriously trademarked trademarked copyrighted tm 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 yeah that's gotta uh, be something but tm passion fruits media uh 2021 um yes um <laughs> so formula one is the highest class of international auto racing for single-seater racing cars sanctioned by the Federación Internacional de Automobil, or FIA for short. Um, the World Drivers' Championship, which became the FIA Formula One World Championship in 1981, has been one of the premier forms of racing around the world since its inaugural season in 1950. Mm. Uh, for a little bit of background, the word formula and the name refers to the set of rules to which all participants' cars must conform. Mm. A Formula One season consists of a series of races known as Grand Prix, French for grand prizes or great prizes, which take, <laughs> wow. <laughs> which take w- place worldwide on purpose-built circuits and on closed public roads. So, I mean, that was very much the Passion Fruitspedia uh, version yes. of that. But essentially, F1 is uh, kind of known throughout the world as, as the highest level of racing of mm-hmm. automobile racing in the world, which is pretty cool. It's yeah. an incredibly exclusive and uh you know they're they're high you know high stakes 
uh, associated associated with F one. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I think you know there are entire you know academies built to funnel drivers to hopefully you know win a single F one race. And currently, there are only twenty drivers worldwide mm. uh, that participate in F one. There are and. Uh, 10 teams so two drivers per team right uh, and it, it should also be known that there are uh kind of subcategories of f or i guess lower levels of f1 so you've got f2 and f3 um there's super formula over in japan as well but basically formula one is still that pinnacle of auto racing um mm-hmm. that has probably only rivaled by nascar i would right. imagine yeah, everybody in Formula 2 and Formula 3 are trying to get to Formula 1 because um, yeah. they are the best of the best. With the 20 teams that you talked about, like... 20, 20 drivers. 20 sure. drivers, excuse me. Uh, 10 teams. I'm so, so, so sorry. Um, could there ever be like an expansion to 11 or 12 teams? Have they talked about doing that recently? Or- you know what? I... I don't know. Um, or is it too... Ex- I mean, we can get into how much it costs to do Formula One, but is it just too expensive to start a team basically from the ground up? I um, mean, the... the uh, So I, I, I think there are... There have been suggestions mm-hmm. to expand the grid to, you know, 11 or 12 teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as I know, all of those suggestions have been struck down. And I think some of that comes, comes with cost. Yeah. Uh, and and we, like I said, we, you know, we'll talk a little bit about, you know, why stuff costs so much and the implications of that and just the incredible barrier to entry that, that, uh, that, that formula one has. Right. Uh, but yeah, so I, I think current, I, I don't see that changing anytime soon. Let's put it gotcha. The, there, uh, and, and for, for those who are to the completely uninitiated, uh, you know, when we say single seater cars, it's like that kind of classic race car look like an Indy car. So it's, it's a, uh, um, uh, pretty much <laughs> essentially it's obviously an engine four wheels, a tiny little aerodynamic cockpit and, um, they, it's also known as an open wheel race. So there are no fenders or bumpers over, over top of the wheels to protect it. So it makes it incredible. It makes the cars very light, but it makes it very dangerous when it comes to crashing because like in NASCAR, they've got, you know, fairly large bodies that can kind of bump into each other. Uh, that right. is not the case with formula one. Um, the other thing, and we will get through this as well when we talk about like drive to survive, but the season of formula it's not just a it's a series of races that's that take place all over the world but there are points that are accumulated per race so you know every race has a has a winner but the entire the the true prize is cons, uh is is rewarded by um identifying the most consistent driver throughout the year as well so you know, throughout the 17 to 22 to 24 races a year, every time a driver wins or, you know, whatever place they come in on the grid, they accumulate points and those points go right. towards both the team and the driver to make it uh, a pretty dramatic, uh, you know, final, you know, final few races if there are teams and drivers that are close together in the stand. Right. Nice. Cool. 
Anything else you want to talk about with Formula One and the background of it, or shall we hop into kind of um, Coco Corner and how you got yeah, into it? Yeah, I, I don't know if we need to, you know, go over too much more. I, I'd say the big thing is, especially, mm. like I said, for those who haven't seen the cars, they're very distinctive. I guarantee you've seen a Formula One or something that looks like a Formula One car at some point in time. They mm. are the <laughs> fastest road going car or the fastest road racing cars in the world. Mm. And that's that's very um, purposeful. Uh, but yeah, we can, we can, uh, I can wax poetic about the technical aspects of the cars <laughs> if you want me to, but I don't think that's what people are here for. We'll have to do like a mini episode and get David Bolfin back on to just talk. You guys can talk about it and I'll pepper it with wonderful jokes throughout the episode. And related (laughs) to Passion Fruitspedia, do you want to talk about some of the more dominant teams currently in the uh, series or how do you want to do that? So uh, I I think I'd say a good good background for our discussion is just the incredible... Um, amount of resources that goes into running a Formula One team, and resources by ma- by means of manpower uh, or person power and money. To make another sports analogy, it's like it's like the it's like Major League Baseball and mm. so, you know international soccer. Generally, the teams with the most money do the best because they can hire the best talent. They can spend more resources, you know designing the cars, hiring the best drivers, so on and so forth, which is pretty crazy. So right. there's always been this disparity in some of the higher ranking teams. So like when the top team in the world right now is Mercedes-Benz, uh, mm-hmm. or Mercedes-Benz AMG Pet- uh, Petronas is, I think, right. their official trade name. Thank um, you for using the official trade name. Otherwise, <laughs> people would be confused. Oh, Me yes. Especially. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Um, that team currently holds the seven-time world champion, Lewis Hamilton, uh, and he is still racing for them coming into this season, which uh, mm. actually kicks off uh, the day this podcast is released. How about that for some timing, eh? Wow, nice we thing. finally did it. <laughs> Let's see. Historically, there's some other uh, very popular and very well-funded teams like Red Bull Racing mm. uh, is one of the top teams and actually runs two teams on the grid, Red Bull Racing and then their kind of junior team called AlphaTauri. Mm. Uh, Renault, or I guess Alpine Racing this year. Mm. Basically, it's these massive corporations that uh, that both sponsor and run these teams. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, those are some of the top teams. I, I think, you know, from a personality standpoint, like I mentioned, you know, you've got Lewis Hamilton, uh, probably someone that that I would imagine most people have heard of is one of the most famous F1 drivers to come out of the series is Michael Schumacher. You know, right. the kind of you know the person synonymous with just dr- driving excellence. And Mario then, Andretti, would, he always showed up on yep. um, Home Improvement. exactly exactly (laughs) so and and those are honestly outside of the broader cultural zeitgeist those three are probably some of the most well-known f1 drivers yeah um and then it gets down into people you know if you don't follow f1 you probably have no freaking clue who they are but right totally nice yeah cool yeah um and i guess you know 
I this is a subject that I really wanted to talk about, so Daniel's going to have to suffer through me talking a lot. No, I'm very interested. Um, as part of this, Adam, because I'm actually interested in kind of keeping up with the season, the series yeah. this year. Um, but to kind of prepare for this, I watched Netflix's series, dramatic documentary series on Formula One called Drive to Survive, which mm-hmm. came, you mentioned like as a recommendation, well, maybe on one of our first or second episodes. Yeah. Um, so finally watched it. Thanks for the recommendation, Adam. <laughs> um, <Welcome>. and, <laughs> but yeah, so that is, it is done its job and that it's gotten me interested in Formula One and will make me watch it. But we can talk about kind of the weird, not the weird stuff, but the uh, dramatic aspects of Drive to Survive versus the documentary and aspects yeah. of Drive to Survive once we get into it. But yeah, let's. So I'm very interested in this because, you know, I don't remember you being really interested in Formula One in college. So Mm-mm. let's kind of talk about Coco Corner and get get to when little little Adam uh, got interested in Formula One. Oh yeah! All right, everyone. All <laughs> oh man, Coco. It's, it's been a while Adam, since we've done this bit. Let me tell I you. No, this is Adam after dark. <laughs> hey, everybody! Hey, all you lovers out there! <laughs> Just coming out to you. <laughs> coming out there, waves from across the pond. Let me tell you. Yeah. All right. Now so, we've got uh, the plain white tees playing. Hey there, Delilah. Next, and after that. Uh, <laughs> Vanilla Ice. My teens. <laughs> Vanilla Ice and his song Go Ninja, Go Ninja Go from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 soundtrack, Secret of the Ooze. I hope you all enjoy that out there. Just get get together with somebody you love and listen to Vanilla Ice talk about fucking <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Ah, yeah. All right. Let's take it away. <laughs> you listen to some different radio stations than I do, Daniel. Let me tell you. <laughs> This is that pirate radio station I keep recommending. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, so my journey to be a Formula One fan has been pretty recent. Your actually. journey to be a Formula One driver is, is all this is pretty recent. <laughs> yeah, get, guess what, y'all? I'm racing next weekend or this Adam. weekend. <laughs> With that being said, I, with that always, being said, I'm not. I'm not being a Formula One. I'm not a Formula One driver, guys. Okay. Well, you know what they they said I was too fast. Right. So I, I they're like, no, no, no. You stick to your day job, and you know, right. we'll let the mere mortals drive mm-hmm. the F1. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> you can be serious now. <laughs> um, no, uh, you know, I think inherently this is not a terribly. I, it, there, there are some serious parts about my fandom with F one and, and mm-hmm. why I why I enjoy the sport or why I enjoy the motorsport. But I've always been interested in motorsport, um, especially since I started driving. Um, the I've always liked cars. I've always liked fast cars. I've always liked driving. Funny enough, I really don't drive all that quickly, um, mm. at least anymore. Um, but <laughs> I've always enjoyed the kind of technical aspects of racing. Um, I've followed NASCAR for a long time. Mm. Um, for a while, especially like high school and college, I would follow NASCAR pretty closely. And because that's in, in the United States, like that was the most accessible form of, you know, high level auto racing. Um, I would catch F1 when possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but the big 
kind of the big stumbling block to being is there, there's just no source of information. So I had no context around F1 races. Um, like none of the, you know, none of the sports channels, you know, did a, a deep dive on, on F1. Um, right. Races are mostly held over in Europe's, uh, Europe and Asia. So to watch the races, you know, you'd have to get up stupid early and you still right. do if you want to watch yeah. them live. Um, but basically there is just no way for, or there, the barrier to me watching a race was incredibly high, especially mm. as you're like a 15 year old in the middle of nowhere. And, and then like IndyCar racing was interesting because it mm. looked like F1 cars, but they still only rode around the same oval tracks, which I thought was really stupid. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, I have in our outline SCCA racing, which is sport compact car association of America. Um, and SCCA or basically that's kind of the, uh, uh, the racing programs or the racing series that utilize cars that look like cars you actually drive on the road. And mm-hmm. that was the most accessible form of racing. And that's, you know, kind of your club races. So, you know, you throw a pair of sticky tires on your car and you go out and, you know, run around a track. For- and in reality, and this is kind of what I want to, you know, we can spend a, a fair bit of time talking about drive to survive, but drive to, sur- you know, I've, I've tried to follow F1 when possible. <laughs> yeah. You know, especially uh, funny enough, watching, starting to watch Top Gear back oh, yeah. in college is there, you know, back when Jeremy Clarkson, Richard Hammond, and James May were hosting, they'd always have on the F1 drivers, you know, mm-hmm. probably once a season or so to do the star in a reasonably priced car challenge, which they have F1 drivers drive like a sensible four door sedan right. around the racetrack and compete for the best time. Right. And, and they have their own separate uh, chart yeah. versus the other celebrities. <laughs> yeah. And that was always fascinating. One, because it introduced me to um, F1 drivers like Jensen Button and, you know, they had Lewis Hamilton on and, you know, a number of other F1 drivers throughout the time. Right. Um, but the interesting thing that fascinated me was their times were always substantially faster than even the fastest times that regular people would put down. Mm-hmm. And their attitude and the way they handled a car was so different. They were just so calm and so composed uh, because they were driving around this, you know, little four door sedan. So yeah. it was, and, you know, Topki would talk about F1 every now and then, and they kind of make fun. Uh, and probably the thing that got me, most that piqued my interest the most is they did this episode long special on Ayrton Senna and mm-hmm. Ayrton Senna is one of the most famous F1 drivers of all time, sadly killed in an F1 race mm-hmm. back in the, back in the mid nineties. And so they had this, you know, episode long, you know, you know, you know, mini documentary on Ayrton Senna and why he was, arguably one of the most talented drivers, especially a driver that could drive really well in the wet. And yeah. it, you know, kind of went through and talked about his driving style. And they had a bunch of other F1 drivers talking about what, you know, they had like Lewis Hamilton talking about what Ayrton Senna meant to him hmm. and that kind of thing. So all these kind of different ways that F1 would kind of pop into my life. Uh, there was also that movie kind of, uh, it was called Rush. Chris Hemsworth, um oh i know what you're talking about yeah yeah, the guy from um 
Inglorious Bastards, the who played yes. the German soldier, the Nazi soldier. Yeah, yeah, Daniel Bruhl. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that is a good. I like that movie. That's a yeah. good. Yeah, it's and that followed the uh, t- uh, the rivalry between two drive t- between two Formula One drivers, James Hunt and Nikki Lauda, both mm-hmm. of whom Nikki Lauda being one of the you know, uh, another one of the greats if you will and so right. once again it, it was all these kind of smaller things that started to be like oh this is cool and like there's a lot of drama behind this and there's a lot of history behind the uh this racing medium and mm-hmm. then it comes to netflix's drive to survive oh, and wow. net so net this came first came out in 2018 yeah, so Drive to Survive is a Netflix documentary series. Uh, I think it's like eight to ten episodes per season. They just released season three, mm-hmm. and it brought to light a lot of the personalities behind Formula One, and really looked at uh, kind of talking with the drivers. And they focused on either a race or a driver or a you know small subset of drivers for every episode. And they really looked at the team dynamics about the difficulties of building a team, difficulties of running a team, difficulties of driving uh, for a team, uh, the the rivalries, however you know valid they were between teammates, between racers, and it it's this really, really, in my opinion, very well well done mm. documentary, uh, kind of fleshing out what is what I would say to the, to most people is this very technical, uh, fairly, um, kind of impenetrable barrier to entry for a lot of fans. So the show itself is incredibly entertaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would not qualify it as a wholly realistic or a wholly accurate, uh, d- uh, depiction of F1 and the F and the F1 season, especially the kind of inter-driver, uh, relationships that go on, but gotcha. it does a wonderful job of getting people invested in F1 and invested in the personalities around F1. Totally. Um, well, and the, especially because, uh, sorry, do you mind if I cut in a little bit? Yeah, yeah go for it. Um, especially with the first season is because I, I don't watch Formula One and I don't really keep track. I'm kind of wanting to get into it, but with the first season that came right at the right after the 2018 season and that was when a lot of drivers were getting out of there cuz it sounds like F1 teams give drivers two-year contracts and that's it or is that wrong it it's it really varies no okay, some dri- it. it's it's usually 2 to 3 years I, you know, there, there's been a spat of, or a spate of, um, kind of one year contracts, but it, but no, you're right. There was a lot of change that, right. that happened that and first, continues to happen every year. Yeah. And that first season was kind of at like the end of a lot of two year or one year contract. Well, obviously one year contracts cause they end every year, but there was, um, a lot of two year contracts ending during that 2018 season. So there was a lot of drama of like, Daniel Ricardo going from Red Bull to Renault and la da da and all the other drama that was there. You know, everybody knows what we're talking about. Oh um, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but no, sorry. Well, that that um, first season is such a good entry point because it really 
because it's almost it's like completely different from other professional sports where you know a fucking baseball player will get a 10-year contract for 170 trillion dollars and like it's like okay he's on the st louis cardinals for 10 years until 2030 like so it it they did a good job with that first season of it being like here's f1 and here are the people who may or may not be racing for these top teams and it may be because they're bad drivers or they're going to a better team or whatever um so yeah yeah and that it's it's important to point out too that f1 has and rightfully so been critiqued for being like not as driver centric as it as it uh it's more it's more about the technology in the car as opposed to the skill of the driver gotcha. um and th- there are many instances you know many instances of that being very much being the case where you know you could have the world's most talented driver but they're driving a you know a uh, you know, a mid pack or, you know, bottom of field car. So they could be the most, have the most talent in the world, but because they're not driving the best machine, they're not going to win pure, like no ifs, ands or buts about it. But I think the Netflix show really did well is say like, yeah, like there's a lot of drama around car design and who has the best car so on and so forth but there's still a lot there's still a very big human factor in f1 of right you know, who gives the best feedback to to tweak and improve the car what are the dynamics of, of that you know does do drivers have there, there's a thing called pay drivers where drivers will literally have their own personal sponsors come on and help fund the team as well mm, right. um, so it does a really good job uh, you know, there's a lot of engineered drama in the show, mm-hmm. but yeah. it, once again, it kind of makes you more attached to the people associated with uh, with Formula One, as opposed to just looking at you know seemingly twenty identical cars on the grid and with different paint jobs. Kind of. Right? Can you talk about that engineered drama a little bit? Yeah. So, and this is uh, there there are like specific points throughout each season where it's blatantly not true. Hmm. Um, so like season one, you know, they, they spoilers for season one for something that yeah, happened in two years. Yeah. Season one, there's a, a pretty big f- f- uh, you know, fingers being pointed at the relationship or kind of the rivalry that was that Netflix created between Daniel Ricardo and Max Verstappen. So hmm. both of them are on the same team on a Red Bull racing team. And, you know, they just kind of have this uh, atmosphere they're like, oh, they're always trying to, you know, outdo each other. And it's true. Like sometimes your biggest rivals on the grid are your teammates. Right. Um, but in reality, those two are really good friends in real life, like really gotcha. good friends. <laughs> and that's the case for a lot of and that's the case for a lot of the drivers, is like, you know, um, there's this incredible crop of young drivers coming through F one that are just really nice guys. Um they- they kind of got to that in maybe the second season because there was yeah. a couple of the drivers, um, and of course I'm forgetting all of their names now, who, like you were just saying, kind of came up through Formula 3 and Formula 2 yep. and are now racing at the top level. Um, and some are being replaced by one of their best friends on, uh, you know, in Red Bull or another is... Uh, going to Ferrari and all that good stuff. So yeah, it's interesting because you're right. They like, 
And I wonder actually, because in Drive to Survive, there are a couple times where, and Daniel Ricardo especially, was just like, fuck you, Netflix, kind of as a joke. But it's also kind of like, well, why is he saying that? Like, Oh, yeah. I, the teams don't really like Netflix filming. It's pretty funny. Gotcha. Like they're yeah. like Mercedes because they have so much clout. Mercedes yeah. only allowed Netflix to film one weekend last year. So like <laughs> it didn't like out of the seventeen races, and there there was you no know, there you know we we were and still are in the middle of a global pandemic. So there's a lot of nervousness about having a a, a massive film crew coming in. Right. Getting right, very right, close right. to your very valuable drivers, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's funny. Like after the uh, uh, the seasons come out, all the driver, the drivers, whoever runs F one teams and the drivers' Instagrams and or just social media <laughs> handles are brilliant. Yeah, um, <laughs> but like Lando Norris, who was a rookie last year, he's hilarious. He's this young young guy, um, but he was joking around on Twitter that you know his uh, his acting career had started because he's on Netflix. And those are very <laughs> subtle jabs, at, right? You know, kind of once again that 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 engineered drama of like totally. oh. Lando doesn't like his teammate and you know, Daniel Ricardo and Max Verstappen are always sniping at each other and blah, 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 blah. And like I said, there's always a lot of tension. You know, Daniel Ricardo and drivers on all the, the reality is, as I said, sometimes your biggest rival is your teammate, but right. it's, it's not like they're swinging, you know, taking punches at each other. In the park. Right. Yeah. They're every single race. They're trying, like they immediately drive towards their teammates car to knock them off the track. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. what we would do, Adam. But and I think the, the cool <laughs> thing about, yes, that's exactly what we would do. <laughs> when we that's enter we into do. that one pantheon. <laughs> <laughs> the, I, but I, I think the good thing that, ne- that Netflix did is it, like I said, it, it brought this, it opened up this world of, F1 to the general public and it made me realize how small the circuit is. So mm. you know, there're 20 drivers uh, which is not there it's not a lot of people. So it's right. really easy to learn the names of the drivers, know who they race for. Um there're only 10 teams and there're only two drivers per team. So right. it's not like trying to get into I think I made this uh analogy. Yeah, analogy to like cycling or baseball, mm. but like you know, cycling in the Tour de France, there are, you know, 160 riders that right. start. Like, there is no way you're going to learn the name of every single rider in right. baseball. You know how I, I don't know, but how many uh, how many people are on a baseball team? Uh, you know, on, well, on that line, it's like 25 or something like that. Yeah, we should probably stop talking, Adam, because I have no fucking idea. I know nine people are allowed on the field. Yeah, <laughs> but then add a couple guys, manager, probably like five hundred in the dugout. So yeah, probably yeah, yeah, like five hundred nine. So oh no, I was I was right. I, I was right. Twenty five, twenty five men, twenty five man rosters. Adam oh, yes. Adam's been keeping his light under a bushel with regards to his knowledge about baseball roster <laughs> size. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you know you get that and. So you have hundreds of riders, hundreds of baseball players, you know, extrapolate that to soccer players or football mm. players or basketball players, you know, hun- you know, tens, if not, you know, hundreds of people to, t- to take, you know, keep track of, um, tons of statistics. I mean, drive, it's so simple in F1, like, all right, 
there are 20 people. This right. person is faster than everyone else. Done. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, <it's, laughs> and I think it, the Netflix show, by the way, mm-hmm. thank you for Netflix for sponsoring this episode. Yes. Yeah, we're <laughs> dropping their names so damn much. <laughs> um, but it, once again, it opened up access to the personalities and lets you become invested in them as well, which is what makes the show really good. However mm-hmm. inaccurate at times the show can be. Right. So, well, yeah, I mean, that's kind of, and that's also why we're like, I don't know how the general F1 fandom views the drive to survive. Maybe they hate it. Um, maybe they realize that it's kind of just a, some of its manufactured drama, but it's also bringing, but I I would hope that some, most of them realize how it brings people to the sport. Cause I mean, otherwise, well, and it kind of relates to what you were talking about. Like before, when you were younger trying to get in or into other driving sports, mostly NASCAR, not really F1, because where the hell do you find it? Like, right. It's something that you really have to seek out to actually get up to watch the races, to yep. know like what they're fucking doing. Um, I mean, driving a car, what does that even mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and who they are. So yeah, like, I don't know how the fandom views F1, but, uh, it, or sorry, sorry, drive to survive, but, um, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's mixed. I mean, I think there, there, de- there, there are some friendships that, that are made into rivalries that the fan, the F1 fandom clearly doesn't like. Like one, one thing that really bothered me this time, this go around mm. for season three, and it's not too much of a spoiler, but uh, Lando oh, Norris, uh, <laughs> um, there are two, two drivers that drove for McLaren mm. um, in 2020, Lando Norris and uh, Carlos Sainz. Mm. And they're awesome buds. Oh, got gotcha. you. Have this really good rapport with each other. Uh, they're they're they they they're kind of the epitome of the F one bromance, and they they you know they <laughs> they always interview together. They do a bunch of goofy stuff together. Um, I'd, I'd say the relationship between other teammates is uh, not as jovial, more professional. Um, yeah. At the end of the season last year, McLaren put together this. This literally, it was uh, two like a like a Muppet show, with Lando <laughs> and Carlos. It was gr- like it was hilarious. Yes. It was great. But basically, um, the season three of Drive to Survive, one of the episodes features the McLaren team, and it pits Lando and Carlos kind of against each other uh, mm. because Carlos signs. Uh, for this season has moved on or for 20 for the 2021 season the season that's starting now mm-hmm. is, has moved on to drive for ferrari and so oh, wow. there's Holy this kind shit, of like ferrari spoilers yeah. adam god <laughs> <laughs> wait who's off ferrari is um so sebastian vettel guy? sebastian yeah. vettel moved to um uh, racing point or what is racing now, point yeah not force india no. <laughs> I'm just showing my I'm showing my bona fides for our Formula One teams from two years ago. <laughs> well done. Well Thanks. done. <laughs> Sorry, wait, hold um, on. Who say who bought to Racing Point now? So who so Ra- Racing Point is now uh, Aston Martin Racing. Oh what? They from, yep. They went from <laughs> pink cars to British racing green cars. Oh well. man, that's my favorite. Now yeah. I'm gonna have to root for them because I love British Racing Green. <laughs> um, well, doesn't 
Aston Martin sponsor Red Bull. Red Bull, uh, Red not Bull? anymore. So now the they're oh, because Honda, because they're yeah. Honda now, right? Oh, Correct. duh, that was yeah. a year ago. Damn it, Daniel. Totally Trying to impress weird. Adam and the other F one fans. Uh, are listening. Do you ever call yourself F one F F one fan? All the time. <laughs> Well, I have a, I have it tattooed on my neck. <laughs> oh, I was wondering what that was. I was afraid to ask though, in case it was a gang you were in. <laughs> it is Daniel. And you just been initiated. Oh, so. <laughs> Watch Drive to Survive, and you can join. <laughs> Perfect. The F one fan. So the, this bromance between Carlos Sainz and Landon Norris is very well known throughout the F one fandom. But in Drive to Survive, they literally they they use a clip of Lando's audio from a different. Mm race from a different driver cutting lando off and lando going like what the heck he's like he drove right into me and oh. it's dubbed over to act like carlos tried to drive into Lando, like completely fabricated oh man and it, and it's it's interesting that that one fandom points that because you know a, a number of people watch and listen to the driver audio pretty closely right it's really funny yeah <laughs> that's really bad so it's it's huh. stuff like that and yeah there there are at least two or three points throughout each season that were like no that's clearly wrong um, right. <laughs> but to your point daniel hmm. there is this understanding and you know it happened to me that as soon as i started actually watching the races and 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 uh kind of reading and listening to other F1 related media other than Drive to Survive, you very quickly realize the actual dynamics of everything. Mm -hmm. And so there is an understanding that Drive to Survive is bringing a lot more attention to the sport from demographics that don't normally watch F1 racing or or even care. Right, 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 right. Kind of talking about, because I would really like to talk about the... I mean, you've talked about Lewis Hamilton, who's now a seven-time world champion. Let's talk about the kind of that dynamic. But let's talk about, like, for the past, I don't know, seven series, seven seasons, has it been Mercedes 1 and 2 and then Red Bull 3? Or, like, what has been the... It's actually been Mercedes, Red Bull, and Ferrari. Got, oh, right. Trading yeah, yeah, yeah. top spots. Gotcha. Um Lewis has won, and Mercedes has had the strongest car. So there was a big rules and technical change back in 2013, 2014, mm-hmm. where Mercedes basically hit it right on the nose. And there's this, uh, there's a lot of inertia with car design, where if you mm-hmm. if you do the initial car design really well, you can, you build on that. So gotcha. So Mercedes literally starts ahead of everyone else because they designed the car really well. And every mm-hmm. season, try as any other team may to catch up, you know, Mercedes is still accelerating their car design even more so for you no know, for the for the following year. So gotcha. the last uh, Mercedes has just had the best car, period, and mm-hmm. it's been the gold standard. The really interesting thing is that not this season, not the 2021 season, but for the 2022 season, it's a brand new car design. So 2022 brand new Mercedes car design. No, brand new, brand new regulations. So every team is going to have a new car. So that could very well mean that, uh, no, an Aston Martin or a Haas F1 or or some, Mm. one of these teams that are not as well known can kind of catapult themselves forward to be, the lead, you know, the leading car. So That's interesting. it's huh. it's possible. I wouldn't say probable. It's possible that Mercedes um, doesn't 
dominate nearly as much as the, as they have, especially over the last few years, because Mercedes is right. just an unbeatable car. Now, one aspect about that is, and once again, a thing that once you become a little more engrossed in F1 mm-hmm. and understanding the dynamics of each race is the teams kind of know where they stack up. And gotcha. so their goal is to, you know, come in top 10 or come in or to get a podium, right. uh, you know, you know, come in first, second or third. So there, there's a lot of, you know, the teams have these own, obviously everyone would like to win a race, but they have their own kind of barometers for success mm. yeah. that they, that they try and attain. And that's, that comes up, that comes about with, you know, researching the teams and understanding the dynamics of the team and understanding the, the realities of their budgets. And there's still, there's still a lot of wild cards associated with it. F1 has very much been accused of having really boring races. And yeah. yes, there are some races that are incredibly boring to watch. They line up <laughs> and then it's a it's just a parade through you know for all you know hour and hour and forty right. minutes of racing of like okay, yep. Blah, blah, blah. All right. Lewis um, Hamilton's at first. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. yeah, it really is. But there you know, last year, uh you know, and years before, there are always times when some of the top teams really mess up. They make a bad decision. Mm. They pit. Uh, people crash, and then it kind of throws the race upside, turns the race upside down, and all of a sudden, you have relatively unknown drivers winning races, stuff, which is really, really cool to see. Yeah, that is, huh? That's awesome. Well, and yeah. with kind of related to that talk about versus the American sports we all know and love and view to be the most patriotic things in the world. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Formula One right now, or is it next year, does not have a salary cap, or are they just implementing a salary cap? So this year is the first year that they have. It's not a salary cap. It's okay. a it's it's Spending a cap. cap. Yeah. Budget so cap. Okay. the funny thing is that the budget cap it only addresses uh, the costs associated with running the team. It does not include drivers' salaries. <laughs> Which I mean, and while that kind of makes sense, what you're talking about with the and this relating back to drive to survive, bringing a little more humanity to the drivers, where sometimes it's like if they've got the best car and they can drive well, they're gonna win. Yeah. Um, which makes sense. I mean, but like compare it to other sports where it's like, yeah, there's a salary cap which is then spent on players and right. not. Um, you know the fucking building that they're playing in, the arena that they're playing in. Um, right. This is completely different. It's how much you can spend on your car, which is really what is going to help you win. As long as you have a great driver, which they all do, because I mean it's just twenty drivers, and they're going to be the best, right? Even if even if they lose, even if they get last place, they're still a fucking Formula One driver. Exactly. Like, yeah. Interesting. Got it. Um, so this has been implemented for this year, the budget for 2021. Yeah, and it's kind of being phased in. Um, so, gotcha. so there are still a lot of allowances for what teams can spend money on. And you know, like Mercedes, Red Bull, and Ferrari are going to have some of the biggest budgets, period. You know, right. and I think that's and because you no, know, it doesn't cover a driver's salary cap. They can afford they can afford to pay Lewis Hamilton forty million dollars a year. Right, uh, they can, 
like I said, there's a, there's a lot of inertia with it too. So a lot of these teams have, have built, have literally built entire factories and facilities to build the cars that right there. It's not like F1 is going to go in and say, Hey, that, you know, that machine is worth, you know, $25,000. Got to count that against your budget. So all these things that are already in place are not going to, you know, they're not going to go and take, take that stuff away. So like Mercedes has uh, a staff of nearly a thousand people that support the team that Hmm. it's still going to be associated with the team. Right. uh, that's going to aid in their into the in the development of their car. Do you think it will take the budget cap will take more of an effect next year when they have the car redesign that everybody has to follow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, got it. And okay. there are other really things. That, yeah, there are other things that the FIA does that that the regulating body does to kind mm-hmm. of help even the playing field. So the faster your car, so the better your your team places. Um, so like Mercedes won the driver's championship this year by a long shot. Uh, but that means that Mercedes doesn't get as much time being utilizing uh, a wind tunnel or computational fluid dynamics software to optimize the shape of their car. So literally mm-hmm. Mercedes, uh, and it's a sliding scale. So Mercedes came in first, Haas came in dead last. Mercedes has is only allowed to take up, I think like 75% of the, of of their time of their allotted time within mm. wind tunnel or, or CFD analysis. Haas is able to take like 120% of that. Gotcha. So, so there it's literally giving Haas, you know, 45% more time to refine the shape of their car to make it more uh, dynamic. Interesting. Well, so then kind of we've got, we've talked about how you've kind of gotten into formula. Uh, um, Ooh. What <laughs> what keeps you um so passionate about, and why do you heart Formula One? Yeah, there there are a couple of things. So once again, it's really technical racing. So mm. there's still a lot of strategy associated with what tires you use. You know what's your pit stop strategy. You know before F1 banned it, there is a fuel fueling strategy, like fuel mm. uh, weighs you know x amount of you know, X amount of kilograms. So if your car is lighter, you're going to go fast. So do you fill up at the beginning and, you know, burn that fuel off? So anyways, um, and then there's still that nerdiness associated with it of the development of the car throughout the preseason, as well Mm -hmm. as during the, during the season. And that's something I didn't really realize. The car is always being modified from race from week to week so the car is always being upgraded they're always you know little new bits and bobs and put on little experiments uh taking place and you take that with the um and so every race is a little bit of an unknown from a car standpoint and they're like all right well let's let's put this on you know let's put this Mm -hmm. new wing design on and see if that you know see if that helps things and because of how tight the schedule is like it's almost every weekend or every other weekend for racing you don't have a lot of time to improve things so there's always this i said there's this little bit level of unknown for the drivers to see how car the car does in the friday practice sessions to Mm -hmm. see it's like all right um and some cars are better suited for some tracks than others and yeah it's, it's fascinating to see kind of that technical level where they're still scrambling every week to improve the car. Um, and then the second thing is like, man, my biggest complaint about NASCAR is NASCAR, NASCAR is boring. Like NASCAR, 
No, it'll take four to six hours for a race, which is crazy. That's fucking insane. Yeah. Like, um, (laughs) and my little, yeah, my little millennial brain with no attention span, like (laughs) can't do that. Right. (laughs) Um, so races are generally less than two hours. That's usually around hour and four hour and a half to an hour and 40 minutes. Mm. Um, and then the qualifying sessions the day before. So races take place on a Sunday. The qualifying takes place on a Saturday. The qualifying sessions are literally just 45, you know, three sessions of 15 minutes each. And it's this, um, uh, it's essentially a knockout race where mm-hmm. every the car is trying to go through and post their best time. Like they're not racing right. with each other. Every car is trying to go through and to post their best time within a 15 minute span. Um, so 20 cars start. Um, after the first 15 minutes, the bottom five cars get eliminated. And then the next 15 minutes, only 15, the top 15 cars start same Mm -hmm. thing. Uh, the third qualifying session, uh, uh, an additional five cars get kicked off the grid. Um, and it's only, then it's only the top 10 drive, uh, cars that, that qualify. So it's this really, really intense, uh, 40, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. Cause I think it's only five to 10 minutes in between each qualifying session. Gotcha. Uh, so it's this cool. really short window of time where it's, where this, this frantic amount of driving, uh, like, and they're still on the track with everyone else. So they're trying to pass people, but not pass people. And right. it's, it's pretty wild to see. Hmm. Um, cool. so it's, it's easily consumable for, for such a high level race. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's easy to, it's easier to follow along and to dedicate, you no know, an hour on Saturday and maybe an hour and a half, two hours on Sunday to watch it instead of, like I said, watching a six hour race on an open right. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, you know, or, or you, you know, you relate that to you know, other sporting events that you no know, soccer is 90 minutes long. You can guarantee, you know, 90 to 110 minutes usually. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, baseball, four or five Who hours knows? football yeah. three to five hours right um, so yeah uh cycling races eight hours days <laughs> <laughs> um so it's it's that um they're the like i said the f1 itself does a really good job of making an event out of the entire weekend so hmm. practice the practice sessions are always uh really fun to watch because you're seeing uh teams try stuff out that they normally wouldn't and it's all helped along with the fact that the media associated with f1 so there you know the, the official f1 youtube channels as well as the unofficial f1 youtube channels you know the reddit stream or uh, mm. the reddit subreddit uh the myriad podcasts associated with f1 like they're all really interesting they're really well yeah. produced and f1 does a really good job especially their you i know you hate youtube but <laughs> <laughs> f1 does a really good job with their youtube channel of really comprehensive mm-hmm. and yet you know sub eight minute uh race recaps and qualifying recaps oh, um, wow. they have a whole series like five minute um summaries of each team uh, are going on right now. So it's just, once again, very easily consumable stuff where you don't have to sit through an hour and a half long, you know, soliloquy like people right. are doing right now. Ha <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. ha. <Take> <laughs> um, it's without people having to sit through, you know, an hour and a half long lecture on right. you know, why this and why this front splitter is very uh, <laughs> ideal for aerodynamic performance. It, but it, like I said, it amps up the the drama and the the immediacy. Totally. Nice. Cool. 
Yeah. I know that we want to get into, so that's why I love F1. And, you know, we've gone through kind of that. I, I would like to look at kind of take off a, a specific section of this and one, talk about some of the controversies associated with F1 and why yeah. you feel, I feel a little bit guilty about being an F1 fan. And then mm. looking at, you know, I love the drivers and their personalities, um, but I would like to dedicate the last bit to talk about Lewis Hamilton and why I'm such a big fan of his. So it'll end on a good note. If you nice. Sounds so, good. Um, yeah. And feel free to chime in on any of the controversies. So there are a bunch of controversies around F1. Thank you, Adam, um, for your permission. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, Daniel. I, now I give you permission to go ahead. Permission revoked. Oh no. <laughs> um so being a you know uh, a little bit of a hippie, you know, an environmentalist if you will, or just at least being concerned about sustainability. Like F1 is not a very sustainable or not a very green-minded sport. Like right. racing cars. Not to mention the fact that you're racing cars all around the world and you're literally transporting car you know cars as well as pretty much a, a massive circus of sports crew uh around the world for eight to nine months essentially which is nuts right uh in the environmental impact that f1 has is pretty wild um not to mention like saudi aramco uh which is the government sponsored saudi oil conglomerate is pretty much one of the biggest sponsors of F1. If that doesn't tell you right. where, where the interests are. <laughs> that doesn't give you a hint. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, it's one of those things where uh, like F1 uses high, you no know, turbo hybrid engines now. Mm. So they have like an electronic, ba- you know, uh, an electric battery and a traditional six cylinder motor. So it's funny, the cars themselves don't burn a ton of fuel, um, but gotcha. everything else associated with f1 i can't imagine you know just lighting the tracks for night races i can only imagine that would you know power a small city for the better part of a year with the amount yeah exactly it's consumed um you know so that that's that's one thing and it's interesting the drivers are always the drivers are always a little more vocal than anyone else in f1 about you know wanting to be more sustainable like sebastian vettel's come out uh, talking about that, Lewis Hamilton's come out talking about that, basically saying, mm. you know, we need to push for more carbon neutrality and being a more sustainable motorsport because that's like it's our responsibility. If P- if we want to continue enjoying motorsport, we have to find a way to make it more sustainable. Which I applaud. Totally. For. Yeah. Um, but that gets to the, the to, to the next thing is uh, F one is a playground for rich people, like, and not just mm. rich, but like just uber wealthy people right um like the top point oh 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 one percent yeah yeah like there is no uh and and this is you know we'll talk about lewis hamilton later as well but mm. very rarely does someone like a driver get into being an f1 driver without having some very very wealthy backers associated mm. with it right. um a lot of teams are backed by incredible are privately owned. Like, well, all the teams are privately owned, but they're mm. like 
owned by one person, like um, Racing Point or Aston Martin Racing is owned by Jimbo, Jimbo Stroll. <laughs> Jimbo Stroll. <laughs> He's an, actually a NASCAR guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, what? man, are all these turns? What, what are these right sport? turns? <laughs> the, the owner's name is Lawrence Stroll. So, but he basically bought this team so his son could race to, so his son could race F1, which is right. pretty wild. Um, right. Like he's a billion, he's a billionaire. He comes from like I can't remember what uh, he comes from. Some he owns some massive manufacturing conglomerate. Hmm. Um, uh, like, are you Gene just upset? Ha- are you upset because your parents didn't do that for you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you were, you I'm won. dead. <sighs> <sighs> Sorry, what were you going to say about uh, Gene Haas? No, like like Gene Haas is uh, um, uh, of Haas. Like Gene Haas basically invented and mass produces uh, mid level CNC machinery, and he's you know he's incredibly wealthy, uh, right? Like all and, of them are. I mean, even yeah. the teams that aren't doing well, I'm sure, are incredibly wealthy. Yeah, maybe that, I don't know. Maybe they're on a shoestring budget. Yeah, like n- none of them. None of them are you know rolling up and. And like using duct tape on the front of a uh, front of an F one car to like reuse right. a part kind of thing. But like even the uh, place and, and basically that money is an excuse for some not so savory people to come into the business to come into the right. race seat. So like um, season two of Drive to Survive, they had mm. that rich energy guy who sponsored Haas, right? Uh, for oh like yeah half, yeah yeah like whatever season. Who's basically like a scam artist from what it seems like, right? He just had a long beard, but and seemed like he wanted to be an American with, but was British or yeah, Scottish you, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Do you know who weird. he reminds me of? Who? Do you, do you remember in Jurassic, uh, Jurassic Park Two, like the the Lost World? Yeah, the Lost World. It was that. Uh, it was one of the hunters, and like he was like a <laughs> pseudobiologist. Anyways, it looks. Spitting figure. Uh, he looks like a velociraptor yes, <laughs> with a beard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But like this year, probably the most controversial appointment was hot. The Haas F1 team is has a has a driver. Their their new driver mm. is Nikita Mazepin, mm. and. Basically, Nikita Mazepin is a pretty shitty human being. If you, if I, <laughs> if I do say so myself. Oh no! Are we gonna get? Um, um, are we gonna get him canceled? Is that your mo here, Adam? I, or I, sh- I would, should he have already been canceled? <laughs> I would love for that. To um, <laughs> what has he done? Can you go so, into further detail? Yeah. So Nikita Mazepin. So one, he's like an overly aggressive racer. His bit. He had. He was like one point away from being. Uh, uh, suspended from F two because he oh, wow. purposely like drive into people, cause crashes because he just doesn't have. I don't know. He's young and he's a uh, hothead. Yeah, like he's he's just an idiot. He's an entitled brat. <laughs> is what he is. Um, his <laughs> his father Dmitri Mazepin mm. um, owns uh, Urokali which is a Russian potash fertilizer producer and exporter. And basically oh, well, that's it's a like front. a, <laughs> I mean, it, it's a, it's, it was one of those things where basically private corporations were put in charge when the Soviet union fell, private corporations were put in charge, uh, or members of the proletariat were put in charge of like private corporations that ran 
uh, basically government critical industries in Russia. And right. so essentially, this guy has more money than God. Uh, but Nikita Mazepin, so over the summer, uh, a video came out of him uh, sexually assaulting a girl in a car. Oh, it shit. was filmed by him. Like Jesus. He posted it to TikTok or Instagram, whatever the kids are using these days. Oh, and it, like it tracks yeah of of this kid's behavior shittiness yeah and Mm. oh man and it's really hard to want to root for that team because he's on that team um even when they're kind of like a mid-pack underdog yep and clearly haas has chosen the fact that so and, and the drama is that uh Oral Kali is sponsoring mm. the Haas F1 team. So Nikita Mazepin came on the team essentially because his dad is going to uh, uh, pay a bunch of money to to have his kid drive for right. Haas F1. Yeah, which is you know as much as you know they, they want unity and equality for all and and blah 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 blah. Right. They, Clearly, F1 teams are driven by money, and that, that's yeah, exactly. not surprising to anyone. But it's right. very disappointing when the evidence is right there of well, sexually assaulting a girl. And when going kind of towards talking about Lewis Hamilton, when Lewis Hamilton all last year on his helmet had Black Lives Matter on it, like it's a yep. completely different viewpoint. Um, Versus this Nikita Maz, Marzipan. Um, so <laughs> yeah. that's how we'll take him down. We'll call him Nikita Marzipan. Take that, you little asshole. Exactly. Come fight me. <laughs> and, it's, it's so funny. Whenever Marzipan shows up, whenever Marzipan shows up on Haas's <laughs> uh, like Instagram feeds, like yeah. the comments just get roast, just roast the I'm F1 sure. team. And literally it's just, you know, uh, it, which is admirable for the for the fan base to do that, right. um, and basically every time it because you know, they're contractually obligated to like feature their driver, right? Uh, so you feel <laughs> bad for the social media person <laughs> right. managing, and yeah. literally the comments are like, you know, the the Haas F one social media admin woke up and chose and, and decided that today was going to be a bad day. Like literally, like, <laughs> right. they know when they post this stuff that they're going to get a bunch of hate, right? Um, <laughs> But yeah, so it, you know stuff like that, um, mm. and then just a you know, apart from Lewis Hamilton, like just the sheer lack of diversity in F one is a, like yeah. it's, it's rich white people, um, right? Uh, and even uh, you know Sergio Perez, who is one of the, who is the first Mexican to win a Grand Prix. Um, you know he comes from an incredibly wealthy family in Mexico, um, right? Not not you know putting down his accomplishment but you right. know he he even said that you know it's uh, he comes from outside of the club lewis hamilton comes from outside of the club and mm-hmm. if you're not uh, you know if you don't come from an old rich white family in europe you're pretty much not a top tier like there's the chances of you becoming a top tier driver in f1 are very low right um and then the i'd say the biggest issue is human rights violations especially mm-hmm. in the countries that host F1 races. So once again, similar to on a similar thread to Mazapan to Marzipan is uh, F1 goes to places that can afford to host F1 races. And so you have a number of, you know, uh, like China, (laughs) 
renowned right. for human rights violations. Right. Uh, Saudi, Saudi Arabia, renowned mm. for human rights violations. And a few others around the world you know, treat the workers that build the tracks terribly. Competitive sport at any level is just beholden to money, which once again, right. it's a reality of this world. But it's so sad yeah. where there are all these issues being brought up. And it's very vocal on social media to a certain extent vocal by the drivers and mm. the FIA is like, well, we don't care. <laughs> right. Or, or they may care, but they care more about their money. And, and yeah, else. totally. So huh. interesting. Yeah. So once again, like, you know, some pretty big, pretty weighty things about F1 that I'm not terribly happy about. Right. Uh, that, you know, you feel a little bit guilty for supporting a sport that has some pretty big, you know, X marks. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I, I'd say that the good thing mm. that has come out of all this is Lewis Hamilton. Mm. Um, and kind of as we start to wrap up this episode a little bit, um, no. Lewis Hamilton, I think, has been a really, really bright spot on the Formula One racing, but just his influence around the world. And he's known for being, uh, he's known for not mincing words. Um, he's definitely matured as, as he's, as, as he's gotten older, but he came in with a pretty big chip on his shoulder, um, yeah. which I can understand. When yeah. Pretty good reason. He endured. Yeah. He endured. He, so he's the sports pretty much only black driver. Mm. Uh, he's endured so much racism and hate for being black from his days of being a kid racing go-karts at the mm. age of like six and seven up through now. Yeah. Um, but this past year, especially with the murder of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, mm. um, he's made some very, very public statements. Like he went, you know, he wore a t-shirt on the podium when he won last year that said arrest the cops that killed Breonna Taylor. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he had Mercedes paint their car. So the Mercedes used to be all silver. They were the, mm. the silver arrows. The Mercedes car has been painted black mm. with very fairly prominently sticker, uh, fairly prominently placed stickers that say black lives matters on the yeah. cars and on Lewis's helmets on his, uh, on his racing suits. And he's, and that was uh, one of the, things about this past year is it took Hamilton a long time to sign a contract to re-sign a contract with Mercedes. And mm. the, the rumored thing is that Hamilton essentially wanted Mercedes to commit to uh, diversity programs and mm. uh, getting more kids into racing and expanding the, the spectrum of people that pr- participate. Gotcha. And, the the rationale and he said it himself he said hey you know i came from uh he goes he was poor you know his parents sacrificed everything to pretty much get him to where he is and he Mm -hmm. goes you know especially over the last few years you know he's he's like no what good is all this success if i'm not going to try and share that with as many people as possible and and bring and bring light to issues that he that he finds important not just for himself but for society in general right Um, that's awesome yeah. Um, yeah. Has did the FIA sanction? I kind of remember something about that, but maybe I'm completely wrong. Did they sanction him for anything wearing the T-shirt or his car yep. or anything like that? They yeah. Did? Yeah. So like the T-shirt because it's like not approved apparel, mm. um, like 
you, you know, they, they find him like, you know, 20 gotcha. pounds or something like that. I think it's so interesting though, because Lewis, like they can't touch Lewis Hamilton. Like he's literally the most, the right. winningest F1 driver in history. He is by all standards, the most successful F1 driver in history. So they can't write him off. Like they may have written off, you know, Colin Kaepernick or someone like that of, right. uh, they, they they literally cannot do anything because he wins so much and he consistently, even though he drives the best car, you know, if you look back when he made the jump from McLaren to Mercedes, mm. people thought he was crazy, mm. uh, like, and people thought that he was making the wrong decision. Yeah, um, but he basically built helped build that team up to what it is now. So gotcha. you know, it, it's cool to see. I'm very excited to see what lewis does and mm. the rumor is that lewis will probably retire within the next couple of years oh, and wow. go to do something around diversity in motorsport and i, cool. I actually hope he does that because there, yeah, there's not a whole awesome. lot else for him to achieve right <laughs> yeah I guess, I guess get your eighth uh grand prix series championship or whatever and then um yeah kind of retire as the best ever that's yeah. pretty awesome hmm. yeah yeah. How old so, is he? Uh, he is 35, 36. I think, I think Jesus. he just turned 36. So uh, he, he's right. getting to that age where he's yeah. probably tired. We have plenty of time, Adam. We can win seven straight oh, yeah. championships. We are on <laughs> our way rapidly. <laughs> totally. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, what, what, what we've seen, you know, the FI or F1 has like the hashtag stop racism on all their, all their cars mm. now. And so even if it's, even if it's just lip service right now, I do hope that it pushes motorsport in a direction to be more inclusive and more, more mindful of getting people in. Right. Uh, and I said like the, uh, overall, the young crop of drivers coming through, whether it be Alex Albon, Lando Norris, George Russell, any of the rookies that are coming, like they're generally nice guys. And they tend to be a little bit more, um, uh, aware of their social surroundings as opposed to some of the older, more veteran drivers. Right. Well. Yeah, I'm sure. Huh? Yeah. Cool. Well, that's, uh, that's good to hear because we all need that right now yeah yeah so nice man well thank you so much for talking about f1 to me no i'm this was a really great episode i'm and we had been planning on doing this one for a while um so i'm glad we got to it because especially after the episode with david bolfin with yeah. his experience designing actual formula who knows formula one or formula two or formula three but formula cars um yeah this is awesome and hopefully we'll we'll definitely put some stuff up when the bahrain grand prix happens and talk about that and maybe we'll do a little mini-sode yeah um, and get into that but we can, um we can watch f1 races together oh so. boy <laughs> once we're both vaccinated um that's what we'll do we'll make out and watch f1 races together yeah at like 5 30 a.m in the morning Hell yeah. It's really, yeah. oh no, I can't be a fan of this sport. <laughs> <laughs> I watch the eight minute recap. This is what's going to get me into YouTube is F1 races. <laughs> I watch the eight minute recaps. Nice, nice, <laughs> nice man. Um, well, shall we hop into recommendations? Of course, of course. Noise. I want to, I don't know if you remember any of the recommendations from the last I, couple of episodes. I do, I do not. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm going to ask you because I remember two that I want to talk about 
Um, have you watched WandaVision yet? No, I haven't. It's on my okay. list. I really need to. I'm sorry. <sighs> the season is... Uh, sorry, that was just my dog impression. <laughs> um, the season is over, so you can binge it, and you won't have to do the weekly, like, what the hell is going on? And did you listen to the War on Women album, Wonderful Hell? I did listen to the album. Nice. Yeah, I thought it was... I definitely have to get a couple, give it a couple more listens. Um, yeah. Because it was, I listened to it kind of throughout the workday, and I couldn't like give it, dedicate my full attention to it. But it was, it was, right. it was, it was good. It was what I remember from our from our punk rock episode. Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely enjoyed that for sure. Nice man. Well, what would you like to recommend this time around? Oh man! So uh, uh, I just downloaded and, or purchased and downloaded and started playing a little bit of Star Wars Squadrons. Oh, yeah. it's on Game yeah. Pass right now. Did you know that? Well, it game, was uh, Game Pass PC. <laughs> damn it! <laughs> they so Game Pass PC. If you have Game Pass PC, they just partnered up with EA Play, which is kind of EA's version of Game Pass. And oh, okay. Star Wars Squadrons just got put on EA Play, which is now part of Game Pass. <laughs> well, I uh, thank you for your sacrifice, Adam. <laughs> well, it was it was fifty uh, percent off on the for a Steam sale. So, oh nice. You know, the uh, but it's it's really fun so far. So it really reminds nice. me of the older uh, X Wing series video games from like the early 2000s so like x-wing yeah. first x-wing first tie fighter which is what i wanted um right. i did buy uh, or order a new joystick because oh it, shit because uh, i i have an older one like a really really old one that works right. but doesn't work <laughs> as well mm. and it, there is a like the logitech joysticks like 40 bucks so it was like eh, you know yeah might um, as well go for it i mean come yeah on. I, in truth, I was looking at those Hotas, uh, like flight sim thing. Oh, God. like three hundred dollars. <laughs> like, no, I can't do it. <laughs> I'll just get, I'll maybe get further into it. See if you like turn into a professional Star Wars Squadrons player, That's, yeah, Microsoft yeah. Simulator player, and then get the Hotas. <laughs> See, yeah, you know, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna uh, build out my uh, sim racing. Uh, Hell yeah! Thing, thing is nice. Well. It's gonna be great. Kind of oh man, you're going to be so set up. Sweet. So, <laughs> so, but I, it's in general, like, have you played since it's on the uh, game pass? Have you played it at all? No, I haven't sat down and played it yet. Yeah. If, I need you, to. if you want my old joystick, you're welcome to it. Oh boy. The joystick that still kind of works. <laughs> well, it's like all it works and all, obviously all the buttons work and like all the, mm. like all the axes work. Um, yeah. but I wanted something, uh, the button mapping is a little bit weird and so mm. and it's a little bit harder to remap the buttons but i mm. will say it works i can <laughs> i've looked at the game and yeah. i don't know if i would want to play it with a gamepad gotcha uh, interesting yeah, hmm. yeah. just well, like the, the the things you can do with a throttle like and everything at your fingertips with the uh, with the joystick it's a lot more seamless with the joystick well, you drive a hard bargain, Adam, and I'm sold. Send it over to me across the pond. Yes. I'll take your joystick in both my hands. <laughs> uh... <laughs> gotcha. Um, cool. Yeah, so, yeah so, I'll definitely check it out. Cool. And what would you like to recommend to me this week, Daniel? So, continuing on with Marvel TV series, the next Marvel TV series that has come out uh, just 
yes, two days ago, today's Sunday. I know that. Two days ago on Disney Plus is uh, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, I saw that. Is, yeah. So it's just the first episode. It's going to be a lot more straightforward than WandaVision because there's, I mean, some nuance to these characters, but they're kind of embroiled in action hero spy Captain America type stuff. Um, yeah. But it's really cool so far. I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do. Um, I'm I'm conflicted on how Disney Plus does their TV series, especially for Marvel stuff, because I just kind of want to watch it all and yeah. not have to wait. But I also kind of like seeing all the theories pop up, especially for WandaVision, like seeing all the theories pop up and being with it with people like right in the moment. You know, it's classic kind of TV bullshit. Um, so yeah, check out the Falcon and the winter soldier on Disney plus it is the first episode is very good. Cool. I will do so dope. Um, well, thanks man. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you um, listeners for your, yeah, attention. for exactly. all, I, I know that perhaps F1 is a little more niche of a subject. Mm. So, uh, I'm sure we're only down to like, you no, know, a couple million listeners right, right. now. I suppose the billions <laughs> exactly. that started off. Totally. Shall we run through social media stuff right now? Show, th- show thing, shawty. Oh, brother. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, of course, we are on Twitter. Adam, where can they find us on Twitter? Passion Fruits P2, or just search for Passion Fruits Podcast. Nice. Uh, Instagram at. I uh, guess Instagram and Facebook uh, pa- uh, search for passion fruits podcast. And we're on Gmail at passion fruits podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we sort of have a defunct, <laughs> not uh, well-trafficked blog. Maybe what I'll fruits. do is I'll start doing Ooh. F1 race reports on our blog. Oh God, yeah. please. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Um <laughs> Yes, we're, um, it's the blog is passionfruitspodcast.home.blog for Oh, dang um, it. I was going to say it was passionfruitspodcast.blog.home, but uh, it's not. It's either right. one. Listeners, <laughs> we know that you always read the show notes and of course the blog link will be in the show notes. So just check yeah. it out there. All right, listeners. Well, this has been Passion Fruits After Dark. We hope you've had a great time with us. I've been of course your Tangelo Daniel. And I'm your boysenberry slash blackcurrant Adam. Remember, yeah, you to- forgot your fucking fruit at the very beginning. Oh, sorry. Remember, 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 tip your waiters, y'all. Remember, always practice. <laughs> remember, always practice safe sex. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night. Practice safe sex. Good night. Good night, Adam. Practice safe sex tonight. Good night. <laughs> oh, no. Ha ha ha!